This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Dare to Self-Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. I feel like my voice sounds very soothing right now. I'm going to try my best to make this intro on the shorter side because my throat is nice and coated with some tea at the moment, so I think it sounds pretty smooth, but I'm very nasally. I'm unfortunately sick at the moment. I've gotten many negative COVID tests, so luckily it's not COVID, but I personally really hate the sound of a sick voice, so I'm going to try to not have to have you listen to it for too long, but I have to intro this week's guest, Hannah Ashton, and start with what was in alignment and out of alignment for me this week, so let's jump into it. Again, I'm so sorry. I like cannot stand the sound of my voice right now, but hopefully on your end, at least I don't have vocal fry or anything. I think my voice sounds pretty smooth, so hopefully um, it's soothing or something. <laughs> okay, what was in alignment for me this week was... My boyfriend threw me a little surprise party on Long Island, so a bunch of my home friends came, some of my college friends, and it was just a very nice, small, intimate, like, end of summer, pool party, beer pong type of thing. I mean, I can't even believe he is the worst at surprises, at planning, like, I am the planner in this relationship, and he's been planning this since July. Exhibit A, he once made for a double date a reservation at this restaurant, And we all show up to the restaurant. The restaurant is completely closed. This stuff just always happens to him. And he just like can't seem to plan correctly ever. So I'm so proud, honestly. And it was just so nice. I've never been surprised before. Everyone knows like I love surprises. And yet I've never been surprised. And Ethan actually pulled it off. All my friends pulled it off. No one ruined it. I was kind of like I like kind of figured out what was happening once we pulled up to his house and I saw the cars and like my wheels started turning but not for months not that morning I literally had no idea so we can all be proud of Ethan and it just it always feels so nice when people go out of their way to celebrate you so it was so nice and on the apartment front I feel like we're finally getting settled in it feels homier we've gotten a lot more done and I just feel like we feel way more connected as partners like we're more in sync. We're on the same page about a lot of things. We're being so open about what we're struggling with right now and everything. So things just feel really good in terms of like, I guess, the loved ones, friendships, and Ethan and all department. So that's been really, really nice. And then what was out of alignment for me, as you can hear, I'm sick. So that sucks because I just feel like what was really out of alignment for me last week was I felt so confused 
Like I can't explain. Every morning I would wake up from Ethan's alarm and I would just say, I'm confused. He would be like, are you waking up right now? Should I turn the lights on? You want me to be quiet? Turn the lights off? Like, what do you want? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like I just felt so confused because I don't have, you know, a time where I have to be at the office. So there's not a set time where I need to work out and like backtrack in the morning like he does. So he backtracks in order to be able to go to the gym, shower, do what he needs to do, meditate before going to work. He has to wake up in the six o'clock hour. I don't. But it's all about perspective. So like when someone's waking up next to you way earlier, you sleeping an extra hour makes you feel like you're waking up late. Like it's just all a mind fuck right now. And I also loved the motivation of waking up earlier with him and like I could never wake up at that hour that he wakes up unless I had him by my side waking up with me. So I'm like, maybe I should take advantage of this and stick to it. But I just felt so confused all week. And I also just like haven't been on top of my content because there's been so many distractions between summer in general and moving and everything. So I'm just, I'm personally excited for fall and like winter cozy vibes to just get realigned, refocused, less distracted and feel like cozy in New York City in our apartment. Like I love a wine night with friends. I love when the weather changes, the season changes. So I'm excited for that. I think it'll help me refocus. Summer's just a big distraction and I feel my best when I'm very productive. So that's that. And like along with the morning routine, I would wake up with him and then he would go meditate and I just haven't been feeling like connected to any meditation these days. So I've just been feeling really lost within my mornings. But I just renewed my Evolve membership for Kundalini Breathwork and Definitely check out my episode with Evolved by Erica. We spoke all about Kundalini together and it's time that I just get reconnected to something and give it another try. So I renewed my membership. I'm going to join the live meditation tonight and hopefully that'll kick things off. I spoke in therapy about, I think I got to the bottom of like why I was so confused and I think it's just, there's so many parts of Ethan's routine and living with Ethan that make me want to wake up early with him and like genuinely having our coffee time in the morning sets me up for such a good day having human contact just like chatting with him in the morning allowing me to wake up like it's just such a nice thing but I don't have to completely just take on his routine and like lose my own independence and my own intuition that I had living alone I can still you know wake up a little later at seven and still catch him for coffee before he leaves at seven thirty, and then I can do my meditation once he leaves so I'm trying to figure out a way to incorporate some of that into my routine but not lose my own intuition like oh I need more sleep or oh I actually don't have to wake up that early and things like that so I don't know if that made much sense but Ethan and I are going to be recording a podcast episode this week all about our relationship and moving in together so we are definitely going to dive into that more if you have any questions I already posted an Instagram graphic so if you missed that just DM me any questions you have for me and Ethan and we will get to them So let's breathe in more what was in alignment for us this week, breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. I hope you guys are reflecting on your weeks as well. (sighs) Okay, I hope you didn't hear too much snot. (laughs) Let's introduce our amazing guest this week, Hannah Ashton. She is the true epitome of no matter what age, no matter what experience you have, you could start anything you want whenever you want it. And she is such an inspiration to me. Her goal is to inspire young women and help other student entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and life goals, no matter their age or limitations. On YouTube, she shares videos on college, life, faith, entrepreneurial content, entrepreneurial content. I think I said that weird. Anyway, she also has her own 
daily and monthly planner and workbook for students and also those who aren't students. And she just, she's been starting businesses for a long time and she has not yet graduated college. So huge inspiration. We're going to dive into all of that in our episode. Here are some topics we dive into. Setting up boundaries throughout your day with work to take time for yourself, not work too late or too early. We talk about entrepreneurship as a college student, how to get over the fear of starting a business or starting a YouTube channel, how to create an actually engaged community. We dive deep into tangible goal setting tips for personal and professional goals. Also, how to find balance as a student or as a nine to fiver while also being an entrepreneur using time batching, how to get past imposter syndrome when you want to start a business, how to find a professional mentor in your field, how to grow on YouTube while also building community, and how to just start doing what you want to do without fear. So before we get into that episode, I would absolutely love if you could screenshot this episode or your favorite episode and post it onto your Instagram stories because I was listening to The Real Real by Natalie Barbu and she did a poll and apparently... People find new podcasts through Instagram more than any other way, any other platform. And I want to spread these self-care tips and this community with as many people as we can. So please, it would be a huge help if you could screenshot and share this on Instagram. All right, without further ado, let's hear what Hannah has to share with us. That was weird. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jen. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you. I have so much to say, but before I forget, let's just start with your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success. I would say my top self-care tip is no work right before bed. I have always said I'm not doing homework. I'm not doing YouTube or business work. I like to watch my Netflix or TV and or read a book, but just I, I cannot work right up till bedtime. I love that tip. I think a lot of people get stuck in especially so especially doing what you and I do and anything that's like entrepreneurial or on social media, there's really no end time in sight. I think it's easier to just although even when I was working at my nine to five, sometimes it's like people do email late at night and early in the morning. And I would intentionally just be like, I see this email. It could be very easy for me to just answer this email quickly, but I'm going to set a boundary and just not answer until at least 9am tomorrow. So that was always something I did in my nine to five. But yeah, I think that's such good advice because it's so easy to just sit on the computer all night and then like shut it and go to bed. And not only does that ruin your sleep, but I'm sure as we'll get into, you really need it to avoid burnout and like maintain some some calmness in your life and not be so on the go because otherwise, like I said, you're just going to completely burn out. Exactly. I know YouTubers, I maybe a little bit less popular now, but especially a few years ago, they would always talk about, you know, I edited a video till like 2 a.m. and all this stuff. And I'm just like, my brain does not work past 9 p.m. Like I literally cannot be on my computer doing work after that. I say, okay, I just want to watch my show. I just want to get in bed. But like you said, that's really what helps me, you know, keep boundaries during my day is first thing in the morning, I don't start work and I don't do work right up till I go to bed. 
Yeah, you're speaking my language. Listeners know I always talk about that. I recently left my nine to five. I went part time for the sole reason that like, I felt like, you know, everyone always says in order to quote unquote, make it on YouTube as a side hustle, when you have a full time job, you have to just edit all night till 4am and make it work. And I'm just like, similar to you, my message on social media is all about self care and planning and organization and productivity. So how can I then be not prioritizing sleep when that's something that I always talk about on my channel? So -hmm. that's why I'm, I was like, I always plan to edit after work, but then there's no time to like wind down before bed. And then if you sacrifice your sleep the next day, you're not operating at at full capacity. And it's like, you need to recharge yourself almost like we're always recharging our phones. So Everyone who listens to this frequently knows you are completely speaking my language. I love that because, yeah, you're so right. It's a hard balance, but it's something you just have to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to say you are a true example of like just going for what you want and like just doing the damn thing, not waiting until you graduate, not waiting for permission, like just starting whatever you want to start with confidence, which it takes a lot as a woman and then also as a very young woman who's not even graduated college yet. So I, it's just like a true testament to age does not matter because I look up to you even though you're younger because I just look back to my time in college and I wanted to start a YouTube channel senior year and I just had this idea in my head like I'll start once I graduate. Like there's no way I can start right now. I'll start once I graduate it, graduate college and In hindsight, I'm glad because I was able to just like focus on my social life and all those things. And then I got into YouTube after the fact, but it's, we get in our heads so often and it's so hard to just start what you want to start. We make so many excuses for ourselves. So I want to just dive into like everything that you do while you're in college. So can you just give us like the full rundown? Cause I feel like you do so much. Yes. Well, thank you, first off, because that's exactly what I want my brand to be about. Um, my tagline is, uh, you know, my business, Hannah Shop Hannah Ashton, creates tools for driven women. And I really want them to help, especially young women like myself, who know that they can go after their career dreams. Like you said, they can start whatever they want to, no matter their age. Because I started YouTube way back when, when I was 10 years old. So kind of near the beginning of of YouTube, it was in 2010. And I just was following all these girls online. It was in the American Girl Doll space mainly uh, since I was 10 years old. (laughs) And I just love the community on there. And I just wanted to be a part of it. And so anytime I kind of get this like interest and curiosity in something, I literally just want to start. So with parents' permission, of course, I started my first YouTube channel. And then as I grew up, I changed my content to more beauty and then now lifestyle. And I've been, yeah, posting to YouTube ever since, which is crazy. Um, Now my content focuses around women's lifestyle, college, obviously, and vlogs, productivity, and also entrepreneurship because I became really interested in women in entrepreneurship in high school, early high school. And I kind of was introduced to this world through like some online internships I was able to do. Again, just applying. Like I was 16 years old, but the world, the online world, it connects us. And it also like 
breaks down those boundaries of where I probably wouldn't have been able to get an, a magazine internship at age 16, not remotely online. So I love the internet for that, um, that it allowed me to like have access to all these amazing opportunities when I was young. And uh, ever since then, I just loved the idea of having a business. So I did some, some small businesses in high school. And then freshman year of college, I, um, I go to Belmont University, which is in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm majoring in entrepreneurship. So they had a whole major for it. And I knew that that's what I loved. And I didn't really know how it would affect me or, you know, since I had already started some businesses and, I just, I was just so interested in it. I was like, I can't see myself doing anything else. So that's what I'm majoring in. And freshman year of college is when I had the idea for my uh, product business. And the product that I came up with is the Dream Achieve Workbook, which is a six-month undated goal-setting planner. And it was a product that aligned so perfectly with my channel, my YouTube channel, and my audience because like you, I was creating videos about my routines and how to time manage and how I'm doing YouTube as a you know full-time creator and also being a full-time college student. And so... I finally created a planner of my dreams and in return, it helped other young women realize that they can be a student and they can still have these side hustles. They can still have these other passions, still, you know, pursue self-development and self-care. And it's a planner, a workbook that helps you do all of that in one. So that's a little bit of a rundown of my story over the past 10 years. Um, and I'm excited to kind of see where even after school, where I go, because it's up in the air right now. I love it. It sounds like you're like the college version of Lavender, like her workbooks, but for the younger generation, I love it. <laughs> I love that. I love her workbooks as well. And I thought she was definitely a big inspiration for me. And um, I was like, yes, I love what she does. But hers is obviously like an older audience. And so I wanted to create something for the students and the younger girls. I love it. It sounds like you are just, and which I can relate to, very naturally driven like you just have had that ambition. It sounds like since high school, but do you always, do you feel like you've always sort of had that drive growing up? Were you like in sports? Like what were you like early childhood days? <laughs> yes, um, definitely entrepreneurial since I was little. My dad is an entrepreneur and so he's always been, um, you know, our main income in our household with his business and still is to this day. So I think I had that he always instilled that like hard work and drive in me and my brother ever since we were little. I've always just pursued anything that I'm interested in. And I think I have my parents to thank for this because they let me. So yeah, I did all the sports, literally any sport you can think of. I at least tried <laughs> um, along with dance. I did musical theater and choir. And I obviously didn't like perfect any of them, but I at least tried them and, you know, kind of figured out that it's okay to try something and fail and move on. And I think that is a huge lesson entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs need to learn. And I was thankful that I think I kind of learned that growing up, trying different things. And that's what I tell students. I said, being a student business owner or just trying anything new as a student is great because you're allowed to fail or you're allowed to fail at any time. But it's kind of easier too if you have oh, I'm also a student on top of it. Or, you know, you're not, you know, working a nine to five and also having all these bills on your shoulders right away. And so you can have a little bit more wiggle room, a little bit more flexibility to figure things out. And so that's why I always say college or even high school is a great time to just try anything new and see what sticks. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point because you're not, you don't have any attachments. You don't have any responsibilities at that point. So you might as well try it. But it's also 
the age, especially in high school, where it's most intimidating to try new things because you care so much about what other people think at that age. I know I did. So when you started YouTube, did you have that, you know, fear of people making fun of you or anything like that that most, you know, young people do? I know I would have had that feeling. Did you have that or naturally you were just like, I don't care? I think there definitely was a bit of apprehension. I am from a small town in Tennessee, near Knoxville, Tennessee. And so there was definitely no other YouTubers in the area for like at least five years. And um, so and I started blogging actually even before YouTube because that was the thing. And so when I had my like makeup blog at age you know, whatever. Uh, People, I'm sure, were like, what the heck is she doing? And I was really nervous about, I remember, like, boys' opinions of me more than the girls, just because, you know, you're in middle school and you're like, when am I going to get my first boyfriend? And then I'm like, oh, they're all going to think I'm really weird because I post videos of myself online. And I remember that was my biggest, like, scare. But I don't know how I got over it. But in the end, I just – I was consistent with it. It it was probably the community that I was building um, probably kept me going, you know, even if I only had a couple hundred subscribers, just knowing that there are other people out there wanting content from me that I could interact with. That's probably what kept me going. But yeah, all throughout everything you do, there's always that little bit of fear that you have to get over before you start. But I think one of the hardest parts is just getting over that little fear to start. And then after that, you just figure it out as you go along. Yeah, absolutely. And That was something else I wanted to ask you about. You just mentioned community. What is your advice on creating that community and creating an engaging community rather than, I feel like a lot of people these these days are just trying to get that, you know, instant gratification, post their first YouTube video and expect it to go viral. And honestly, something that I see, I think a viral video is obviously great, but you get a ton of subscribers And a lot of them don't stick because they subscribe for that type of content. And then you keep uploading, you know, for example, I uploaded a Sydney Cummings challenge. I got a lot of subscribers from that. And then the next video I uploaded was a vlog and people were like, wait, who is this? Like unsubscribe. Like I thought I was subscribing to a fitness, you know, uh, channel. So I'm curious how or what your advice is on creating an actual engaged community rather than just like your quick growth tips to getting a ton of subscribers that don't stick. Yeah, it's definitely a a way longer process. And something I struggle with right now is with TikTok and the rise of so many Gen Z creators, like just hitting it off the bat. um, It's hard because I'm like, I've been doing this for 10 years and I am nowhere near the views of someone who maybe started, you know, a month ago. But I have to remember that with quick fame can sometimes come, you know, it quickly going away. And even though, you know, even I still struggle with numbers and comparison, I have to remember that I've had girls who have followed me since I was in high school and now I'm about to graduate college like next year. And they we've grown up together. And that trust is something that is priceless. And even if I don't do YouTube like full time in my life, even if I never reach a million subscribers, at least I can know that the time I did spend, you know, posting online and on social media, I had hopefully a positive impact in these girls' lives. And even if they just felt seen, if they got some motivation, some tips, some inspiration, whatever it may be, I think you just have to remember that these are real people online and you want to cultivate a relationship with them just like you would people in real life. And I know it's so easy to just see a number, especially when they're coming in quickly with like a new video that pops off or something, but you have to think, okay, if this 
a thousand people who saw this video were standing in a room, like what would I say to them to make them feel welcome and make them feel seen and uh, and like engage with them instead of just seeing them as a thousand views that I need to like keep up with. So it's definitely, like I said, a long run and not a sprint, but I think just engaging with them as much as you can is a great way to build that community. I try to reply to every Instagram comment at least heart every YouTube comment, respond to DMs when I see them, and just actually ask for their opinion and like involve them in the creation process too. You know what's crazy about what you just said? It's it's just so funny to me that no matter the size of your platform and no matter how many subscribers you have or followers you have, like you're always looking at the people who have more than you. And there's people that are just starting out on YouTube who would look up to you as, I can't wait till I get there one day. And then you're looking at these TikTok creators who are, you know, blowing up within a day and then they go to YouTube and they have like 300,000 subscribers in like a week. And it makes you feel not, maybe not bad about yourself, but it's like you're, we're always comparing ourselves to other people. And it's mm-hmm. just crazy because sometimes we have to sit like take a step back and be like, remember when I just wanted a thousand subscribers and now, and now we're at whatever it is and still striving for more, which is great. We want to be goal oriented, but that's also something I actually wanted to ask you about was how do you set your goals? And like, do you have a strategy behind your goals, whether it is YouTube or your businesses, or we can like break, if there's a different strategy for all of them, we can break them down. But do you have like every month, oh, I want to hit this many subscribers, this many sales of my planners. Like what is your strategy for goals? So go going back on like the numbers and all of that, yeah. a long time ago, I stopped setting goals for numbers of followers and subscribers. And I really try to only make goals that I can control. And you may be like, well, you can control maybe your subscribers. But I've learned since I've, you know, haven't grown a ton on my YouTube channel in the past like two years that what I can control is uploading consistently, feeling good about my editing, maybe creating a new thumbnail, like getting a dream sponsor. Those are things that I can control with my YouTube channel. Whether someone subscribes or comments or likes the video, I can I can try to have, but I really cannot control that. That's um their decision. And so I would get really down on myself if I was like set a goal. I want to reach another thousand followers this month and it didn't happen. So instead I try to set goals. Like I said, like, Oh, I want to post three Instagram reels a week uh, this month. And so I do set those monthly goals at the beginning of every month, just thinking like personal and professional goals. Professional for me has to do with my business and um, YouTube and Instagram. And then personal goals are things like drink more water, get to the gym five times a week, um, and making them you know, specific and measurable is also important. And then what I like to do is every week, I look back on those monthly goals and I think, okay, what do I want to focus on this week? Is there like a big project coming up that I need to focus on? Is it just to create all that TikTok and Reels content so I can post three times a week? Like, What is something tangible that I can do this week or today to reach that monthly goal? And then at the end of the month, I kind of review and I'm like, hey, what went wrong? What did I do well? Did I reach my goals? Did I not? Um, And if I didn't reach one and it's still something that I want to achieve, I just move it to the next month. And, you know, it's okay. We'll try again next month. Um, And so I find that looking at the monthly, weekly, and then kind of daily, what can I do today to reach this weekly goal that leads to the monthly goal is how I make something that seems impossible um, more like achievable and more 
less overwhelming, more doable. Um, and so that's how I find I like to set my my goals. And of course, the new year, I kind of think big picture, like big projects I want to do for the year. And what are my like huge goals I want to accomplish? But it's sometimes hard to stick to them if you're only setting goals at the new year or like every six months. And yeah. so the monthly to weekly goals is how I stay on top of it. How do you keep up with that? Is it just like a habit at this point? Like every week we check in, every day we check in. Is it just a habit? Do you have reminders on your phone? Like how do you make sure to stay on top of your goals? I'll plug and say my planner because <laughs> um, <laughs> there on, you the, go. on the monthly spread, there is a place for – if you have the student workbook, then there's a place for professional, personal, and student like school goals. And then in the – day-driven, you know, for not students, there's a place for professional and personal goals. And then every week um, on your weekly spread, there is a place where you write out my goal for this week. And so every day when I'm planning, you know, my to-do list for Monday, my time blocking for Monday, I can look up and see what my goal was for the week and kind of be reminded of that. So I I like physically writing it down um, in my planner, but I know some people like to use things like Notion and, you know, online platforms as well. I think I need to get that planner, the not student one. I didn't know there were ones for not students. I have been looking. I'm good at like the Google Calendar and planning like my day-to-day and content planning, but I need to get better about like setting goals every month. I was doing it for a while with these worksheets I had, but I think I'm going to get that book. Well, thank you. I will tell you, we only have about like 25 left in stock right now. And I ordered more inventory, but it probably won't be restocked till the fall. So just letting you know. (laughs) How do we order it? Is there a website? Yeah, I'll send you my website. It's just shophannahashton.com. Okay, I'm on it right after this. Perfect. (laughs) So speaking of productivity, how do you, this is a very broad question, but I'm sure it all goes back to your planner. How do you plan or balance, sorry, how do you balance social media, running businesses, having your workbook, being in college, having a social life? Like what are, you have to be super organized. You have to be super on top of it. Do you sacrifice, you know, your social life sometimes? Or are you sacrificing content sometimes? Like, how are you finding the balance? And it sounds like you probably have a great answer because your self-care tip was making sure that you don't work before bed. So that's a great sign. <laughs> yes. So I'm obviously not perfect about it, but there definitely is sacrificing that happens. And I just think of my life as like different you know, blocks. Like I have my family, my relationship with my boyfriend, my friends, school, and then YouTube and then my business. Um, And so I kind of look at my week and I'll even look at, you know, the season of life. Like in the summer, I don't do summer classes so that I can spend more time with family, friends, and my boyfriend and like prioritize social life in the summer. Uh, Meanwhile, during the school year, there's, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to probably 7 p.m., I'm working, whether it's school or YouTube or business. Um, And then weekends is kind of when I sacrifice content creation. I won't, you know, skip going out with my friends on the weekend if uh, just because I'm at that point where I'm like, I don't have to put up, you know, four videos a week on my YouTube channel. And so I would rather like enjoy college and the social life. And, you know, if my boyfriend comes into town, I'd rather enjoy that than get another video up in a week. So that's just kind of where I'm at in life. But um, along with the like blocking mentally of like, okay, you know, in the summer, I'm going to focus on this stuff. In the school year, I'm focusing on this stuff. I also just look at it daily and think, okay, maybe the first half of my day, I will do 
classes and my homework if I'm in school. Then the second half of the day, you know, after lunch is when I'm going to edit a video and I'm going to ship out orders for the workbook. And then the evening, that's when I'm going to, um, you know, hang out with my roommate and do some self-care. So I kind of just time block my day. And that's why I created my planner in the first place is I wanted a planner that had a to-do list for every day and a place to time block. So Mm -hmm. um, the weekly spread is laid out like Monday through Thursday. Uh, to-do list, Monday through Thursday, time blocking, and then you flip the page and you have the weekend separately. Um, And so time blocking is also where I even write the hour of the day. So like if my morning starts at 8 a.m., then I'll write 8 a.m. morning routine till 9 a.m., 9 a.m. I have class to 9, you know, 50, whatever it may be. So in the school year, I'm very meticulous about like by the hour what I'm doing. In the summer, I'm more relaxed um, and we'll think of it just in like bigger time blocks. But yeah, I know that was a lot. So if anything was confusing, let me know. But I think just sectioning my life is what helps me stay on track and really try to make sure I'm fitting a little bit of everything in. No, it makes a ton of sense. I relate to that a lot. I try to take it day by day as well and do like, okay, a part-time job in the morning. So then the afternoon I can edit and do X, Y, Z. And then I have dinner with my boyfriend at night. So I, I totally get it from the outside. It seems like, how does she do it all? But like, really, it's just a day by day sectioning your day, sectioning your week out. So I made complete sense to me. Do you outsource at all? Like, do you edit every single video? Do you have help with anything? I'm sure you have a manager. I do have a manager for sponsorships. So that does help like clear out my inbox. I'm not responding to every single email about sponsorships. I still edit all my videos. And um, the only help I've had in my business is during the school year, I did hire a social media manager to post to the Dream Achieve Workbook Instagram. Since I'm doing my business full time in the summer, I just took that role back on myself. Um, And then I've had some help with my email marketing as well. But everything else from like shipping out orders, customer service, you know, content creation, editing, everything I kind of do myself. And if I do have a big uptick in orders, like a TikTok goes viral and I have 100 orders in a weekend that happened this month, um, I will bring my family (laughs) and my boyfriend in for some free labor to kind of just help me get through stuff. But I am definitely looking forward to when I'm not a full-time student and I can scale my business more and hopefully hire out some of the more basic functions so that I can focus on scaling and growing the business. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure if there are any like college students out there listening to this and they're feeling inspired, what is your advice for someone who is in college, wants to start a business, but maybe feels a sense of imposter syndrome, like they can't be doing what you're doing because they're only in college, no one's going to buy this for me or whatever it is. Because I think it's definitely helpful that you've created such an engaged community on social media. But then there are also people out there who maybe don't have a social media platform, but they still want to start a business and it's a little scarier maybe. So Mm -hmm. I mean, whether they're online or not, what is your advice for a college student that wants to start a business but feels imposter syndrome? Yeah, I think everyone, whether you're in college, out of college, whether you have a business degree or not, everyone's going to feel imposter syndrome. That's just kind yeah. of, you know, especially as women, we we don't think we're qualified when we usually are more qualified than we think we are. Um, I would recommend like surrounding yourself and really diving into other women or guys, whoever, who are doing what you want to do. And so like when I started my Dream Achieve Workbook TikTok, my business TikTok, 
on that account, I only follow fellow business owners and like small business owners and entrepreneurs. And so anytime I'm kind of feeling down, like, I don't know if I can do all of this today. I just scroll for a few minutes on that TikTok account on my For You page and it's all business related stuff, you know, because that's how TikTok works. It tells Mm -hmm. us what we think we want. Um, And it's inspiring to see other girls, maybe a few steps ahead of me, or maybe just starting who are like really inspired and motivated and sharing their journeys on TikTok. And I do the same for podcasts and YouTube. I, when I find something new that I'm interested in, you know, I just like buy the books, I subscribe to the podcast, I subscribe to the YouTube channels. And so I think the more that you surround yourself in that industry, it's going to seem more doable because there are hundreds and thousands of fellow girls out there in college who are have their own small businesses and maybe you're just not following them but once you do start following them and consuming you know their content their motivation their tips then it's going to seem a little bit more doable and that's what representation is all about so um i highly recommend yeah just consuming the content and diving into like the education you know, books and podcasts that will help you get started and just make a list of every little thing that you have to do. And tomorrow you're going to start on one little task and the next day you're going to go into the second task and you're just going to keep going from there. You just have to get started though. That is so true because once I found communities on Facebook from podcasts and whatever else, you know, Patreons for YouTube, I... I just saw it in such a different light. It didn't feel like I was on my own island around all my friends Mm -hmm. anymore. It was like, oh, I found this whole other community that gets it and that we can share tips with each other. And so it's such a good point. It it does make it seem doable. And it reminds me of, have you heard of the idea of expanders? No. So it's the idea that it's from Lacey Phillips. She does like manifestation work and it's instead of comparing yourself to others, it's looking at other people who are doing what you want to do and understanding that they're an expander. Like they're expanding your mind to realize, oh, if they if they can do it, I can do it too, rather than sitting, scrolling, comparing yourself and feeling bad about yourself. So it sounds like that. you do the same. Yeah. It's such a nicer way to go about life and to just get inspired rather than feeling triggered by other people doing what you want to do. I think that's such good advice. Do you dabble in manifestation at all? I definitely looked into it more in high school. Um, but I don't know. I'm also a Christian, so I feel like it's sometimes hard to like balance the two. And so I think that there's a lot of good in like repeating your goals. Like I write them down regularly. I look at them. I think about them. And then mm-hmm. I also look at it from like a Christian perspective. So I'm like more praying around my quote manifestation. So like what I'm wanting and I'm like, you know, praying around it more um, than just saying it. So that's kind of how I merge the two and look at it. That makes sense. I saw one of your YouTube videos, you did a vision board. So I was curious if that was like something you, okay. So you do vision boards. Yes. I I use those. um, Again, there's a page at the beginning of my workbook planner where you put one right in there. And so on days I'm kind of feeling down, I'll flip to that page and I'll just kind of be reminded of, you know, my dream life, what I, what I'm working towards. I love that. I'm obsessed with this planner already. I need to look into it. How did you come up with the planner? Like how did you know where to find like a manufacturer to get the book together? How did you go about that? Was it just like a ton of Googling and YouTube university basically? Yes, for sure. Um, Once I had the idea, I immediately Googled like manufacturers in Nashville and just set up a meeting for the next week. And I was like, 
Hannah, this is how you get stuff done. Yes. Like you had the idea today. You have a meeting next week. Perfect. Um, And then after, after a few meetings, I realized that it wasn't what was local wasn't really what I was looking for. And so I was going to have to do more research and more work and decided to go with an international manufacturer. But literally every step of the way, I was a freshman in business school. So I was in business school, but I was a freshman. So I was not in business classes yet. Um, So everything that I learned was from either like a mentor that I maybe reached out to, some older entrepreneurship students um, or Google and books and podcasts. And so the the amazing thing about starting something in 2021 is someone's already done it. Yeah. You can have the most creative idea, but someone has probably already done something similar. And of course, you being you with your unique ideas, it's what's going to make it stand out and, you know, um, be different. But the great thing is that you can kind of replicate their steps and figure out how to do it for yourself. So definitely just, like I said, find people who are doing what you're doing. They're probably sharing content and tips about how to do it too. And you can just start there. Yeah, that's so true. And you just mentioned like reaching out to mentors and older entrepreneurs. How do you find other mentors? Is it through social media? Is it through your college? Like any advice on how to you know, seek these people out and try to talk to them. That sounds creepy, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I found it's easier to do it with people that you've met or you could know in person. I think online it's kind of tough because I know if someone that, you know, I've never seen their Instagram pop up in my notifications or I've never seen their profile before. I know they're not a regular, you know, watcher, subscriber, whatever. Um, And they asked me like for me to mentor them. I'm like, well, like, do you, are you even following me? Like, (laughs) where is this coming from? But if I had like a younger student come up to me or message me and like, hey, I'm a Bellamont student, like, can we grab coffee? And then maybe at coffee, she brings up the idea. Like if you go about it in a more professional way, I find it's easier to kind of ask for mentorship and receive mentorship um, in person. And I know it's tough when maybe you're not in person classes yet, but I would start with your college or local community, like local city entrepreneurship center, Facebook groups. Um, You probably have one if you, even if you don't know about it and just join one and like be engaging. And then if you kind of see someone a little bit older than you, a few steps ahead of you in there as well, maybe reach out to grab coffee or reach out for a one-on-one Zoom. But you just have to go about it in a professional manner and it can't be your first interaction with them is asking them to be your mentor. I just find that it's like, well, is this really what, like, what are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. You have to have a personal connection too. Like once you meet, you'll see if you vibe well and it'll go from there. And sometimes someone just genuinely wants to help you and they, they almost offer their mentorship and you don't have yeah. to have like this awkward, like, oh, can you mentor me? I'm lost. And then they're like, I don't have time for this. Exactly. <laughs> like you want to make that personal connection first. Yes. So since you're here, I need to, I know you used to do, or do you still do like I think you did a course on YouTube and social media. Do you still do consulting or coaching? That was my business in high school. So that was like my first official business was I did some YouTube consulting, like one-on-one coaching um, for women who wanted to start a YouTube channel. And yeah, took them from like ideas and concepts to launching their channel and getting their first few videos up. And then along with that, I also did a few in-person events just for like the bloggers at a whole as a whole, not just YouTube, but like business and bloggers as well. Yeah. Well, since I have you here, I need to ask you some YouTube tips. So I know we kind of touched on it earlier, but every time I have a YouTuber on, I ask them if they can give one mindset tip and then one more like 
growth SEO tip for YouTubers or people who want to start a channel? Oh, yes. Um, For mindset, I think something I struggle with, this is what I'll tell you to like work on so you don't have to struggle with this for so many years like (laughs) I have, is just um, figuring out like what do you love posting about and what is being received well and coming up with all the creative ideas around maybe that topic or niche. And so I I do think what's maybe stunted my growth in the past is I've changed kind of my content a lot. When I was in high school, I did, you know, high school content and did beauty and fashion. And then when I got to college, I added in like business videos and um, then college videos. And so I think if I maybe would have stuck around one and just been super creative with the videos, but centered around one niche, then um, it would have been a lot easier to grow, but also you have to make sure you're posting what you want to post. And so this mindset tip is kind of figuring out what's more important to you. Is it just posting on YouTube for your own pleasure and posting the videos you want to post and just seeing if people catch on? Or is it, you know, growing and really building that community and having it be monetizable and, you know, sticking with one niche and really being known for being an expert in that niche. So you kind of have to figure that out. Um, And then for SEO tip, I think what took me long to realize and what always people were so surprised with when I would consult them was the tags in a video and how there is a YouTube algorithm. YouTube does have an algorithm and it changes very frequently like any other social media, but just doing a little bit of research every few months about like what tags you should be putting at the top of your, you know, tag box, what should be at the top of your description box. And I love the tool TubeBuddy. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Okay, good. (laughs) That is my favorite tool for SEO because it'll kind of rank your tags and um, tell you like if you should be using this tag or not. And you can also see this is so insightful. You can see what other YouTubers tags are on their videos, um, which you normally can't see without this Chrome extension. And it's called TubeBuddy. So those would be my two YouTube tips. Yeah, TubeBuddy is definitely great for SEO. Because it, it also like gives you a ranking on the back end. So like in your analytics, it'll tell you, it'll like rank your SEO. And if you have like, I don't know, like a two out of five or whatever, you know, like, oh, I'm missing something. I got to add tags. I got to add end cards or whatever it is. So it's also mm-hmm. a great guiding tool as well. Yes, for sure. So you mentioned niching down in a sense. So are you, so you're of the camp, like niche down, have a niche or are you, yeah. What are your thoughts on like niching down? I kind of say like, you have to figure out what your goal is with that whole mindset tip. It's like, do you want to niche down and be known as an expert in a field or do you want to kind of post everything and whatever you want um, and be really happy about it? Uh, But maybe not get the views and the followers you want because I, I'm not niched down. Like I think I post a lot of different topics. I post, like I said, college vlogs, college advice. I post lifestyle vlogs, health and fitness. I post some hauls. I post, um, business videos. And so I do think once I graduate college, I'll cut away some of those, what is it like topics, I guess, um, you know, college will be gone. Maybe I'll focus in on the business side since that's what I I'll be wanting to do full time. So I I think my goals will change once college is over and I like need to do this as a full-time job possibly. And I'll be more like focused on niching down, but I really just think you have to figure out like, what is your goal with YouTube? Yeah. 
And then what are your thoughts on, you know, let's say you have a niche, you have kind of a broad niche, maybe it's or super niche, whatever it is. What are your thoughts on also sprinkling in vlogs? Because I know some people will give the advice of no one cares yet, don't vlog. And then other people would be like, engagement is a long game. Sprinkle in vlogs where you can so that people can get to know you and you can like bring them in with your other content and then engage with them in your vlogs. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm a proponent for vlogging. I love vlogs and I I agree. I think that they show a personal side. And I think in 2021, we all want to know like people's true selves. Like we always don't want a sit down video with ring lights and a microphone. Like we want to see what people eat. We want to see how they work out, how they manage their time. And I think vlogs are the best way to obviously show that. So whether you vlog and put it on YouTube or whether you do like mini vlogs on your Instagram reels or TikTok, I do think showing people a little bit of your life if you if you want to be open to that um and you're not a super private person but if you want to show a bit of your life I think go for it yeah and I think YouTube now is truly like vlog central like if you don't have vlogs I feel like people just find your videos when they're googling for something specific but if you Mm -hmm. have vlogs people like want to stay to see your other vlogs and then they'll happen to click on your sit down videos as well so that's something I'm trying to do like one you know, more sit down, like self-care topic video a week, and then also a vlog or two. So it's like finding the balance is sort of where I am in in like that camp. Because I do think if you do want that really engaged community rather than a viral video, I feel like vlogs are important. I agree. Don't expect your vlog to go viral because people aren't going to be searching for videos about your life if they don't know you. But that's why you need, I think, a good balance of both. You need videos that do really well with SEO that people are searching and then the vlogs to kind of show your personality. Yeah, I agree. So lastly, on the YouTube front, what are your thoughts on people who say it's too saturated, don't get on YouTube, or someone starts a channel and their friends are like, you're never going to make it. It's so saturated. What would you say to someone who's trying to start now? I would say if it's so saturated, even in 2020 or 2019, we wouldn't be having these new people come up. Like we wouldn't have the next big YouTube stars coming up and there's people being discovered every day and growing their channels. And so you never know if that's going to be you. Um, And even if no one watches your videos, I'm hoping that you're creating them just because you like creating them. Because when YouTube first started, like it wasn't monetizable. I did YouTube for maybe five years without ever, you know, having ads or getting sponsorships. Like you just have to like editing and filming yourself and uploading and like engaging with people online. And if you don't, then no matter the amount of followers, you're not going to be happy with yourself if you're doing something you don't love. So I think it's of course not too saturated yet. I mean, we're just in the beginning of where video is becoming the leader on the internet. And so video on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, which has always been the leader in video. Um, So get on it and just start and see what happens. And you can always take a break. You can always stop or you can be consistent with it and see where it takes you. So definitely start. Yeah, absolutely. Something I always say is, I can follow as many people as I want. I can. There's no limit on how many people I can subscribe to. I can discover someone new every single day. So that makes no difference. It's not like I have to unsubscribe to someone I love watching to subscribe to you. There's no and limit on how many. Yeah. So like why, you know, and also I personally love finding new people to watch on YouTube. I love finding people 
under 100,000 because I feel like they're so goal-driven and like wanting to be so consistent and so excited. And it's just like fun watching people on their way, on their road to 100K. Honestly, I think it's exciting. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, I love following new creators. If you are sort of one of those people who's like a natural at it and like you said, enjoys it and it's your hobby and you keep going and you're consistent, it might not happen overnight, but I don't see why it can't happen for you. Mm-hmm. I agree. And something I'm jealous of of new creators is they have a really fresh perspective. I, like right. I said, I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm stuck in my ways. Like I will, even though I'll try to like add some fresh editing in, I'm still going to edit the same way because it's been a habit instilled in me for years. And I sometimes can't have those creative ideas on YouTube because I've been doing it so long. And so I, I love, like you said, watching those younger YouTubers starting out and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was such a great idea. Like why have I never done that in a video? And I'm just like, because I've lost a little bit of creativity just because it's such a habit for me now to post those videos every week. So there's definitely benefits to starting. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really great advice. I think we hopefully just motivated someone to start their channel. (laughs) I hope so, too. Yes. Send us your link if you did. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes, please. So also, if you guys want to see more of Hannah on YouTube, she's going to be in one of my YouTube videos coming up. You sent me a video on what workout I should do. I had um, popular YouTube shows my workout for a week. So I'm doing bar tomorrow. I can't decide if I should do. So I actually do PR for bar three. That's like my part-time PR job. So and I have their online subscription and I've never done it. So I think I'm going to do that or go into studio we'll see. Yeah. Either one. I've taken a few bar three classes and they're a little bit different. They're very like fun. And like, I think you'll like it because it's a lot of like mindset stuff, not just workout focused. Um, But that's so fun. I'm so excited for you to try it out. Okay, cool. I'm definitely going to let you know when I do it, if I go in person or online, but that is what we're going to be doing on my channel. So I will post the video when it's up. It'll be up next week. Yay. Okay. I can't wait to see it. Amazing. Okay. Well, let's go into the ending segment, fun facts and favorites. I'm excited for these first few questions because I feel like you've mentioned like following other people and books and everything. So I want to know your favorites. What is your favorite podcast? Or you can give a few. Um, For like more business and influencer world stuff, I love the Life with Mariana podcast. She's the co-founder of Summer yeah. Fridays and she has some amazing guests uh, who are really relevant in the you know business lifestyle space. So I love hers. And for a more like fun podcast. So I have two like sides. When I want a business podcast, I'll listen to something like that. If I'm just driving and I'm like, it's a weekend and I don't want to think about business, I'll listen to a fun podcast. And for a fun podcast, I love the What We Said podcast with JC and Chelsea. Great one. <laughs> yes. Okay. What is your favorite book? Or again, you can give a few. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Um, <laughs> For business books, I have a lot um, that I've read over the years, so it's hard to remember (laughs) all of them. I love, um, I think just for inspiration, Hashtag Girl Boss. She like started it all. Sophia Amoruso and her book is called Hashtag Girl Boss. She really started like the Girl Boss Empire. Um, and it's just very inspiring. And she also gives like tactical business advice. And she has a little workbook that goes along with the book if you so prefer. And she has a Netflix show about her life that ha- came out years ago. So you can get like a Wait, lot really? about her. Yeah. It, I think it's I still on Netflix. That. It's called Hashtag Girl Boss. Wow. I need to look into that. That is so up my alley. (laughs) Yes. It was very cute. I'm sad it didn't get 
a second season. But um, so I love that whole world for recommendation. And then like a not or a fiction book. So again, when I want to unplug from work before bed, uh, lately I've been reading the Bridgerton series because also that's on Netflix and those have been really fun to read. So two options there. Interesting. I haven't heard of anyone reading Bridgerton. Is it good? It is good. I've, I really like – it's an easy read, and it's, it's fun since you know the characters from the show. Okay. I'm currently reading Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, and it's quite a big book, so Ooh. maybe I'll read that after. <laughs> yes. Okay. When do you feel your happiest? Honestly, okay, there's, there's two answers probably. One, it's when I'm really working on something that I love. When I had the photo shoot for my new workbook launch, the second version, and I had all the my friends and these girls who followed me come to the photo shoot and they were my models and we were just having a good time and music mm-hmm. was blaring. Like I just felt so creative and I felt like, wow, I love what I do and the fact that I can do this at 21 is phenomenal and I feel so happy about it. And then the other half of that is again when I'm unplugged from work and I'm home in my, you know, more country town of Tennessee and it's like sunset and I'm hanging out outside around a campfire with my family and boyfriend and I just I remember that there's so much more to life than just work and social media. Um especially since I grew up working on social media, I like when I can have those moments of like bliss and just be detached from my phone. So those are my two versions of when I'm happiest. Yeah, I have a similar answer. It's like one where I'm just unplugged with family or friends and then the other is like when I'm filming a YouTube video I'm so excited about or something like that. So I completely relate. I love it. Okay. Lastly, what would be your last meal on earth? Kind of weird, but I love eggplant Parmesan (laughs) or chicken Parmesan. Um, It's one of my go-to comfort foods. So I think just that and some angel hair spaghetti and that'd be so good. Okay, I'm into it. (laughs) Where can the people find you? So my Instagram, um, I have my Miss Hannah Ashton Instagram and the Dream Achieve Workbook. Same thing for TikTok, Miss Hannah Ashton or Dream Achieve Workbook. YouTube channel is Hannah Ashton. And you can shop the Dream Achieve Workbook at shophannahashton.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me, Jen. And I, I can't wait to like continue to watch your channel and follow and listen along. Thank you. Likewise. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.